Hey there, American Horror Story freaks. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to you noobs, and welcome back to our old friends. We've been doing this for two years now. Kind of crazy to think about it. Here's our review for the first episode of the new season of American Horror Story Freak Show. It's called Monsters Among Us. Just a heads up, we refer to one of Sarah Paulson's characters as Betty, when in fact her name is Bet. Just mixed up Bet's fascination with Betty Grable, I guess. Our bad. Anyway, here we go. Time to get y'all freak on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story Podcast, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show, American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host, Chris Husted. Woo! What a start. I'm so happy to be back. Definitely happy to be back. Um, so much to talk about, but before we begin, I would like to mention that, as always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory, and you can email us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. We really uh, appreciate your questions and comments. Also, um, check us out on iTunes, rate us, review us, we really appreciate that as well. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking this morning? Um... It is it is the morning because due to some tech issues we are actually recording early in the morning. So I would assume uh, orange juice, maybe coffee. Coffee, it is coffee with a little bit of hazelnut creamer. It's delicious. What do you what do you oh. got going on? I got coffee going on as well, but I have some pumpkin spice coffee. I am enjoying this morning. <laughs> yeah. the season. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. Um, um, can I tell you a quick story before we get started? Please do. I would love it. So, um, so we, you know, we were, we were going to try to record last night, but we couldn't because of tech stuff. And then I, I went to bed, and this last night over, I don't know with, with where you're at, but it was storming like a mother. Like it was, it's like the thunder and lightning that just, the thunder that just like shakes you to your core. Like I, I swear, I felt my my bed moving, and it was mm. dumping down rain, and the lightning was like a strobe light outside my window. I, I was like, it woke me up two or three times, and about two of those times, I was laying in bed, and my mind immediately starts <clears throat> racing with uh, American Horror Story, probably because we didn't get to talk about it last night, uh-huh. and there was one time I looked at the bottom of my bed, and this is one of my biggest fears, where I think I see a figure just standing at the bottom of my bed, um, at the foot of my bed. And I swore it was the clown, Twisty. I got so scared. And I, I, I mean, it was a scary episode, but I don't, I don't know. I was just in my head about it. And it happened a, another time about a couple hours later when I woke up with the thunder lightning. I just, I don't know. I was in my head last night, and Twisty scares me. I, I know we're totally going to get to this, obviously. But I do have to say that, like, Twisty's pretty badass. Like, he's terrifying. Wow. I am, well done. He, yeah. he might be my favorite part of the show so far. Because um, yeah. he is one creepy motherfucker. Um, (laughs) Before we begin, I would like to share an email we received from Jess from the Netherlands that had an interesting theory. Of course, if you guys have theories or you have um, interesting observations, we do like to share those on the show. Um, And Sylvia, or sorry, uh, Jess from the Netherlands found something kind of cool. So she was uh, looking at a Q&A that Evan Peters had at the Dallas Comic Con, I guess, um, about a movie he'd made called An American Crime um, from 2007. 
And so the movie is about Gertrude Banisuski, who, with the aid of her own children and neighborhood children, oversaw facilitated and facilitated the prolonged torture, mutilation, and eventual murder of Sylvia Likens, a teenage girl she had taken into her care. Um, so after hearing about Evan Peters' movie, Jess went online to a wiki page for Gertrude Banisuski. This is a true story. And she said, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, it says under depictions, a fictionalized case to appear in the fourth season of American Horror Story. Oh. So, good detective work, Jess, because um, I guess we can assume that um, this Sylvia Likens story is going to be portrayed. And as uh, Jess notes, (laughs) Sylvia Likens' parents were actually carnival workers. And Evan Peters, in the movie, Evan Peters played Ricky Hobbs, one of the neighborhood kids that tortured her. Um, so it'll be interesting to see role reversal there for him. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if he, well, if this story ends up, uh, showing up in this season, but we, we know how they like to take real (laughs) life, um, kind of horror stories and fictionalize them for the show. So I could totally see that happening. They did that a lot in, uh, Coven. Yeah. Right. Um, Anyway, I definitely am excited to get talking about the the episode here. Is there anything else I'm uh, forgetting that we want to discuss before we got into it? Um, I think we're ready to go. I, I I mean, I can give the setup on the. So this episode was directed by Ryan Murphy, <clears throat> and it was written by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, which they tend to do the first episodes for um, each of their seasons, uh, and uh, they th- did it for this one. So I'm ready mm-hmm. to go. Absolutely. So, um, now I do have to admit that I missed like the first maybe 30 seconds of the episode. Where I jumped in was where um, we see Milkman? Sarah Paulson. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, no. I, I saw Sarah Paulson monologuing, and she's walking into the freak show, and she says that she's walking into the gates of hell. Now, uh, looking at this in retrospect, we learn that this is shot creatively because it's supposed to be shot so you only see one of her two heads. Obviously, we know she's conjoined twins. Right. And I think we, we can pretty much assume or we learn that this is dot monologuing. We know, we come to know that the two conjoined twins, there's a negative one and a positive one. And Dot is kind of the negative one with a really pessimistic outlook. Betty's the more positive one with the positive outlook. And so we see Dot monologuing about how they're walking into a terrible situation as she walks into the freak show. Right. So the story opens, Jupiter, Florida, 1952. Milkman pulls up to a house where he goes to the door and sees that a lot of the milk bottles um, from probably the past few days have been left uh, unretrieved from the front porch, probably going bad. And so that's kind of a sign that maybe something's obviously going wrong inside. People haven't been, you know, manning their their normal duties into the house. So he sneaks into the house, kind of slowly walks through. It is weird. There's a couple weird things this milkman does I want to go ahead and point out now. He goes into the kitchen and finds Mrs. a dead body a dead body on the floor. Uh, there's a bunch of food on the table, untouched. He then grabs himself a rolling pin. Of course, because it's the 50s. <laughs> And this is what I thought was ridiculous, was how he, like, he hears a noise upstairs, and he's like, I'm going to take him down with a rolling pin, after he already knows there's a dead body. Uh, sneaks upstairs, opens the door at the, or the closet at the end of the hall, and we just kind of hear a scream. Cut to, um, you know, oper- there's a, 
a body being, we only see the feet being rolled into a hospital, and we see, you know, a nurse vomiting. Did you note that one foot had uh, its toenails painted and one didn't? Tell me, which one do you think is the toenail painting? Obviously, Bet or Bet or Betty, I forget, but obviously she painted her toenails because she loves Betty Grable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we, yeah, so we, but we don't see the heads yet. We see them like, right. they kind of build it up. They have one of the nurses vomiting. They have the doctor doing x-rays and there's like, you know, one bladder, three kidneys, shared hearts. And all this stuff, and we kind of obviously we know it's the conjoined twins at this point. Right? But really, is it so disgusting that that nurse really is puking? That's kind of that's a like, little overkill, a little for heightened. Me. Yeah. But and the, the cool thing about this is, obviously, anyone who's seen anything on the show has seen images of Sarah Paulson with her with the two heads, and they know what's what they're going to see. But still, they're they're making us uh, uh, wait for this for the payoff of the the big reveal, even though we all know what it's going to look like. I mean, the 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 X ray even was like, oh my man, man, just show just show them to me already. I I you know it's because I think it's one thing to hear about it, and we saw a you know a, I know we saw a photoshopped image um, that was posted originally, but did we ever? I don't even think the promo did it actually show Sarah Paulson as Betty and Dodd in that promo um, that goes yeah. through the different theater curtains. It does. I believe okay. it is, yeah. So we, so I guess we did know what they looked like, but I mean, the reveal was still a lot of fun. I, oh I still yeah, enjoyed absolutely, it. it was earned. So of course, that's when we meet Jessica Lange's Elsa, um, who kind of, as always, makes her presence as she comes in to the um, hospital. Is she is she wearing fur in this scene? There's I different so, times yeah. she's wearing fur. She's she's or it's pretty like extravagant. <laughs> She's always got a, no matter what character she plays, she certainly has impeccable fashion taste, I think we can say. Yeah. She, well, I mean, she rolls yeah. it with that accent and she just has this swagger about her. It's so and cool. She, she stumbles in on kind of these nurses. Um, one of them is saying, like, oh, how gross and everything, you know, what's going on? And the other one's like, oh, nothing, that's not that gross. Nothing big happens in this town or something like that. And so that's when Fräulein Elsa strolls in and gives her. A card for the circus, which they're calling, I guess, the show's called Fräulein Elsa's Cabinet of Curiosities. Love it. Which, I, which is an awesome name. Um, and we see that Elsa somehow gets a nurse outfit, sneaks into the hospital room, and that's when we get the big reveal when she pulls back the curtain and we see Betty and Dot. Now, at this point, were you thinking that Betty and Dot had committed the murder? Because it wasn't, I, I mean, that was kind of... Um, cloudy at first we weren't supposed to really know one way or another right I, I didn't think they had i thought they were just found and they were kind of kept and hidden away because they were freaks right like they were in hiding well it sounds like from what we understand that they have not had hardly any experience in the outside world so i'm sure with right. their caretaker dead that they weren't maybe probably weren't really sure how to handle the outside world at that point exactly so maybe that's why they hid themselves in the closet um what what a, what a terror. what imagery is that in the closet? Here goes here they go with their uh, with with their uh, gay themes again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, always we can always count on Ryan Murphy and, and Brad Falchuk for for symbolism all over yep. the place. Yep. Um, so we learn from the beginning after as soon as Elsa starts talking to them that Betty and Dot have kind of this telepathic power between them where they can talk that to each cool. other without actually talking with words which is kind of cool um 
So, and you know, we see them obviously arguing about different things from the beginning. Elsa gives um, Betty a magazine, I think. And we see kind of these odd split-screen scenes where Elsa's like giving, you know, she's lighting a cigarette and we see one of the heads on one side. And then I think she gives Betty, she puts a cigarette in Betty's mouth and the smoke comes out of Dot's mouth. Which is, I thought was very cool. Um, What do you think about... The split screen? Well, first of all, the split screen for one, and also like the way they're doing. Yeah, well, first of all, what did you think of the split screen? What, uh, do you think there was intention to that? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I mean, you're seeing the perspective from each of the heads, but there's also the way that um, the the it's edited. You'll see Elsa kind of slide in from the side as a split screen. I thought. I mean, there's I can't remember the guys the, the director's name that does this a lot, but um, but Tarantino does it a lot too, and mm-hmm. I I got really excited when i saw that it it it's very um uh driven by each each character as opposed to making dot and betty one person that you know they're each getting different perspectives and you see there's subtle things like uh uh the toenails like you already said right and bet bet betty's looking down at the um the magazine a little bit more and dot's kind of keeping her eyes tracking uh, Elsa, it, it, subtle things like that. It shows their personalities just through direction and camera angle. I thought that's awesome. Right. I know. What'd you think? Um, so I, I think that's definitely true that it's more, I think that part, it was probably, obviously they're trying a lot to highlight the distinctly different characters that Dot and Betty are, even though they are kind of, you know, they're conjoined, obviously, which I think is going to be really interesting to see because what a challenge for Sarah Paulson to play Distinctly different characters connected, but you know, she's, at odds like that. She's killing it too. She's she's doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I want to add in also during the scenes where we're seeing the split screens, the music that they use is it's very it's like this eerie, uh, almost like grindhouse B horror movie type music, and I it just set the mood perfectly. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, the music was good. I there was a couple times, and we'll talk about this later, where I felt like the music was maybe with. Elsa's quiet accent was kind of hard to hear her. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Um, there was a few times I didn't know what she said. <laughs> yeah. But I, I did. I certainly enjoyed the music. And I think the music, you know, the music contributes so much to the feeling of the time period, you know? Right. Um, now, obviously, in the show, we jumped at this point to meeting Twisty the Clown. But I'm going to I'm going to stay here with Betty and Dot for a second so we can kind of play out this this beginning relationship that Elsa's building with them. Um, you know, Elsa's asking them about the story of the murder. And I don't remember if it's Betty or Dot or both of them. Who One of them, they're talking about how the murderer was this man with a black fedora who reeked of aqua velva um, and, they, and killed, killed their mother while she was doing needlepoint or something like that. And Elsa says, essentially, uh, nice try. You pulled that directly from the plot of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so she calls, she calls BS pretty much right away and um, tells them, you know, they need to get their story straight for when they talk to the police. But essentially, she's recruiting them to come to the freak show and says there's not really any other place for them. And, you know, we, we later see them once they, you know, sneak out of the hospital or I'm, I'm you know, I, I assume they sneak out because they're pretty soon accused of the murder themselves. And all the right. newspapers are accusing them of murders because they're freaks. And also shows up and basically says, people are never going to take you seriously and believe you that you're not responsible for the other murders because you're a freak and, you know, they want to pin this stuff on you. And so the right. only place safe for you is to come to the circus. And so from there, we end up seeing them obviously going to the circus. One thing, one parallel I wanted to draw was this part felt very, in some ways, very similar to me 
to the beginning of Coven. Because we're introduced the same way by somebody who has, has an outsider in one form or another. And in that case, it was Zoe in Coven, who, you know, um, is kind of ostracized from the rest of society and needs to find a place where she's welcome. And kind of through Zoe's eyes, we came to learn about what the Coven was exactly. Similar thing with Betty and Dot, where, you know, they're brought into the circus and we're through, kind of through their perspective seeing what the circus really is. Right. That's I didn't even think about that, but it's exactly the same premise in a way. Come join mm-hmm. uh, 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 our group where you will belong. And that's right. one of the and themes I... that we get in this and in Coven, which is the outsiders and, you know, and belonging to a group that accepts you. And I think it's a good strategy to just to, as a viewer, introduce you to a new world is to yeah. kind of be introduced with a character because it's like, well, Betty and Dot are learning about the world, so they can say that kind of stuff that's like introductory and like how the circus operates and stuff like that, but they're also informing us indirectly. Right. So clearly that's a strategy that tr- they know is tried and true and works, and so that's kind of how we get introduced to everything. Now, I want to take us out to Lake Ketchobee, which is outside of, uh, just outside of Jupiter. Let's go for where a we have picnic, some shall we? We have some young people going out for a picnic, making out in the swamp, uh, totally prepping for sex. Um, the guy goes back to the car to... I don't remember what he was doing back in the car. He, he needed to give her a surprise or something. Yeah, <laughs> a surprise. Surprise. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, totally creepy. Uh, the girl is just there, and on the very back of the screen, we slowly see a form walking into the frame. Ugh. And uh, this is when the first time we see Twisty the Clown. And he approaches the girl, and she's freaked out. And he kind of starts doing his act. <laughs> his act, I guess. He pulls out the flowers, kind of starts to pull out the clubs. The guy comes back and um, I think insults him. And I think... So here's so here's what ends up happening. Obviously, is that he insults him, and then Twisty gets pissed, grabs one of his clubs, and knocks them both out cold. Yep. And the girl wakes up to Twisty repeatedly stabbing her stabbing boyfriend crap. in the chest. Yeah, that was graphic. Oh my god. So, question for you. Yep. Did Twisty? So, because we kind of see something that hints at this later. Is yeah. It, was he was he set off by the fact that he was insulted, or was he going to kill them regardless? It's a good question. Um, I think he had, as, and this is, I mean, at the, at the point when I watched this, I thought he was just going to kill them, and he was just doing this whole little uh, ritual before killing people. I don't know. But maybe right. he was set off by the aggressive nature of the guy, and then he decided, I'm, I thought he was going to kill both of them like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but then obviously, in retrospect, having seen the full episode, maybe he had intentions for the girl, and then the guy kind of foiled that when he showed up and kind of became a jerk. Um, right i'm guessing uh one thing that i thought was also really cool about this whole sequence was it's in broad daylight which is Mm -hmm. it reminds me of like texas chainsaw massacre or something like that where a lot of these murders happen in the middle of the day and it makes it just as scary uh to to deal with that um horror in the middle of the day because like in murder house it's everyday stuff that could in your house that might be scary just like going to the lake and having a picnic and having one figure stand way out in the uh, in, uh, just on off the horizon looking at you. That's creepy as hell. Yeah. Um, it's I also agree. very Zodiac killer. <laughs> it was, and it was... 
I don't know if it was like the coloring of it or something like that, but mm-hmm. there in, in there was something. There was a hue to it that was just ooh. right. That was all. It was it was very terrifying. I guess. I mean, I think it was it was excellent. Yeah. Um, I definitely loved this introduction to this guy who's going to be kind of our bad guy. Yeah. And so, um, obviously, we end up seeing him killing Can a whole I bunch ask, of people. There's kind of a. I want to ask you go, a question yeah, about it, though. Like, so we, one thing we haven't really gotten to yet about Twisty is what he actually looks like. What, what are your thoughts on what he looks like? And, and I mean, he's got, like, she, at one point the girl, the teenage girl there says, you know, where's the rest of your mask? Like, what do you, what do you think about his appearance? And that, I think, is what almost set him off, is when she said something about that. Um, so... I, you know, it's been hinted at by Ryan Murphy that there's something gruesome underneath that mask. That you know, his um, jaw, right, or something. Yeah, um, something's wrong with his mouth or something like that. Which can't, you know, you can't help but draw parallels between that and you know Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, so I can't. I'm very interested to see what kind of gruesome stuff is under there. But I thought his appearance was. I mean. It was gross, and like it's he looks like somebody who probably hasn't taken his clown ma- or clown makeup off for years. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we were hearing about the build up to this, that he was you know a clown that was retired in Jupiter and pissed off that new people came. I was picturing you know like a guy who is like living in the house, and by night he like you know he he's a normal citizen, and then in the evening he like paints himself up as a clown and is like yeah, kind of secret crazy. Twisty is not that case. Twisty no. is for real crazy. Um, he is like has probably been living in his clown suit for who, who knows how long, living in like a van in the woods that is almost like true detective esque um, serial killer setup. And uh, you know, I think that makes him all the more creepy. That like he is a different brand of insanity for sure. Right. Agreed. He's deranged, and his appearance is just so unsettling and unnerving because he's so disheveled. Disheveled, yeah. Ugh. You know, when we see these that scenes smile. of him murdering oh. people, mm-hmm. stabbing seems to be his thing. He's stabbing yeah. all these different people. <laughs> he's really good at stabbing. We see him steal a, a child, and then um, later on in the show, and we'll just talk about this now, we see him in his kind of trucking in all the woods and we see the two kids who are in their their cages and they're kind of talking to each other and saying it'll all be all right and and the girl says to the boy oh your parents will keep looking for you and the boy says i think he killed my parents yeah (laughs) which was kind of cheesy but also like yeah obviously my parents scary yeah um so then twisty comes back and they're kind of scared of him and then they're like the girl's trying to be nice and like do your act for us you're such a good talented clown so he kind of starts like pulling his scarves out and stuff and i think at some point he like messes up um, I don't remember exactly what yes. he does, but, like, one of his tricks doesn't work. And that seems to be, like, what sets him off. And he gets pissed, and he starts just breaking things and, like, kicking the cages and stuff. Right. Right. Throwing stuff at just... the cages. That was crazy. Ooh, that was scary, too. I think he even, like, was laughing at one point, or it seemed like maybe he was chuckling underneath that. Yeah. Mask. He's yeah. making some weird noises. Anyway, that was... I think that he's been terrifying so far, and I'm excited that that is our bad guy because it's different than the ones we've seen in the past. Um, it's another one, well, similar to, I guess, Rubber, rubber Man. Um, he doesn't talk, and I guess Bloody Face didn't talk either. I guess most of our villains, um, <laughs> and even if you think of a Minotaur from last season, although he wasn't really the primary villain, we've right. had a lot of like creepy um, bad guys, killers, that, that don't actually use words, which I think makes them somewhat more ominous. Yeah. Agreed. 
So i definitely uh, excited to see what happens with Twisty as we continue. Now, kind of going back to, I want to talk now about the scene in the diner. Yeah. Um, and, and we kind of, this scene seems to be, um, basically, it, it, it teaches us a little bit. It introduces us to Jimmy, the lobster boy or whatever they're calling mm-hmm. him. And we learn a little bit more about Elsa now. Elsa's in a diner. She's reading a newspaper and cutting out articles about, they look like movie reviews or something like that. And I think this is kind of an ongoing theme we learn is that, like, Elsa has always dreamed to be in the spotlight and in, mm-hmm. in the big time kind of. Um, which we learn, too, that Betty has the same sort of aspirations. Interesting to note. And I think she's talking about Alfred Hitchcock, which we should just note that Alfred Hitchcock is obviously known as the master of suspense. And so Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk are their own uh, new age masters of suspense in some ways with this show. And Elsa spots Jimmy from across the room. He's kind of hitting on a the waitress. Um, the waitress. He's, wear- he's kind of wearing like a motorcycle jacket and hat and these big black gloves he was giving me kind of edward scissorhand vibes yeah yeah i I could see that although i think scissorhands are cooler than the hands he's got going on yeah he's more like edward dildo hands (laughs) which i want to talk about in a second because that was weird (laughs) um but so elsa goes over there and basically tries to embarrass jimmy in front of the waitress and they kind of get an argument because um, she goes like hey can you light this or like yeah this lighter I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty cruel, and they argue over whether or not Jupiter should be their their home. Essentially, um, Jimmy doesn't seem to think so. He doesn't think the circus is going well, and Elsa is arguing that no, they're trying to get a new um, act going. And we end up seeing that, you know, what Elsa will do for her cause, she ends up like seducing the guy who rents the lot, basically, so that way she can have it for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and. We see Elsa talk to Jimmy about how all the freaks are being put into asylums, which I think, obviously, hey, we had a past yep. season called Asylum. We know Pepper was put into an asylum. So, yep. obviously, that was a very blatant call out to a past Love you know, yeah. season okay. two. Um, and then, you know, so we kind of get this introduction to the difference, uh, initial contention between Jimmy and Elsa. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about the scene in these, like, Young late, young woman's house where Jimmy is essentially pleasuring uh, these young girls one at a time for money with his giant claw hands. Um, what did you think of this scene? I I was curious about what was in the back room. I loved the the um like it was essentially like a Mary Kay or like Tupperware type party. <laughs> yeah, where it's actually a sex party <laughs> where they mm-hmm. all get you know off by using jimmy's hands but the whole lead up for the our you know kind of protagonist for that scene where she walks down these long i mean how big was this house <laughs> she kept going right. down corridor after corridor which was great and the way it was lit you were like oh god where what's gonna happen i thought she was gonna get killed by twisty or something like that but mm-hmm. uh it reminded me of threadson's house kind of in asylum where it was just eerie and stuff was dimly lit and flickering and whatnot but anyway um i i mean ultimately we find out it's just jimmy doing his side job right um which i mean obviously this would be quite controversial in the 50s for yeah if anyone knew he was doing this or knew that these women were going to him for that um it reminds me of how you know women were you know diagnosed when they were like stressed out women basically or anxious women back in the day were diagnosed and this was this was much earlier than the 50s were diagnosed with hysteria which is 
ended up being, you know, the, many doctors concluded it was a form of, like, sexual repression and that by yeah. like, masturbating or having sex you could relieve some of this tension. And so, I mean... <laughs> that's what they're doing. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is, is that what you think that these young women are... And there's older women, too. Is that what these women are going to him for? I mean, it's kind it's of a, a release without actually having sex, maybe? Yeah, probably. So without, like, betraying their purity, kind of? Right, because... I think the, the the main girl that we see go walk down the, the the hallways. She's talking about how her husband will just like watch Matlock. <laughs> I think was it Matlock? No, Dragnet. Dragnet. Uh, yeah, Matlock would have been a little later. Matlock is like eighties and nineties. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dragnet and just like then like crawl on top of her and then like crawl off or something like that. So it is definitely sexual repression. And I, I mean, she didn't seem that desperate, but. Then I think she sees the one lady, the blonde lady, come out looking all hot and bothered and and uh, satisfied. So I, I, I think it, I, yeah, it seems a little out of character for this era that, that this something like this would happen. But again, this is American Horror Story universe, so of course people are getting laid by a dildo hand guy. Well, Jimmy's got to do it for the money, Jimmy Dildo yep. Hands. I, I have a feeling that's what we'll nickname him for a while at least. Yeah. Um, but that was that was an interesting interesting little um, intro to to Jimmy. Uh, one thing we didn't mention um, before Betty and Dot end up coming into the freak show is, and we see this right before Betty and Dot end up kind of uh, resenting their mother for. It seems like she is their protector, but she also is somewhat ashamed of them. It seems like they got ran out of Alabama for them being freaks before in the past. Right. Doesn't want them to go outside because she's worried about maybe harm coming to them or maybe just being ashamed of them or both, you know? And they just won't have it anymore. They're sick of it. Um, and so Betty, in a fit of rage, like grabs scissors, I think it is, or a knife on the table, something like that, and, and stabs, stabs mother. <laughs> And, you know, Elsa says to Betty and Dot, well, to Dot, well, you could have stopped it if you wanted to. It's not like you can't blame it all on Betty. You guys are the one yep. the same. So, so you know, we get the feeling that they both kind of resented their mother. Um, and, you know, then later on, Dot then stabs Betty, which I'm not sure night. if that... Right. I'm not sure if that was, like, part of their plan to try to cover up that they did the murder or if, like, she was punishing Betty... Um, what did you think was the reason? I, you know, I, at first I thought she was punishing Betty, but then later I kind of feel like she was doing it to show, like they, like to cover up the murder, like they were attacked as well or something. Right. Sorry, excuse me. That's okay. Um, what did you think? I think that obviously she clearly has some repressed anger or um, issues with Betty. Probably, you know, just being connected to somebody like that all the time, how could you not? Yeah. And also, they're such distinct personalities. Um, but I do think maybe she was kind of covering it up with the... I don't think she was trying to kill her or anything like that. I think it was, you know, she was covering it up with that intention of, you know, a cover for the for the murder. <laughs> so I, I like this interesting... And I, I wonder if this is going to be a continuing strategy. Betty Diaries versus Dot Diaries. Yeah. And we kind of see both sides of an issue. Um. Because we see, you know, as I enter the freak show, we see Betty Diary about how excited she is to be thrust into stardom and freedom and all this different stuff. And in the, also simultaneously, Dot's diarying about the cesspool around her. We see some of these freaks. I'm going to, as we continue to see new freaks, which I think they'll, sn- like, sneak into different scenes, I want to always 
mention them. We see a, a person who bites the heads off of chickens and animals. I was, uh, which is pretty pretty gross. Um, we see a girl without legs. She's I think she's just all torso. Mm-hmm. And we and we see this guy with dino arms, which he comes up a couple different times too. Yeah. And then we see, of course, Jimmy approaches them, and uh, pretty clear that maybe actually Dot has a crush on Jimmy, which is I interesting. Agree. Maybe. Uh, the, the eyes she makes at him and I think she says something like well maybe it won't be so bad after all or something yeah. like that so you interesting see, that it's Dot not Betty yeah her her face is always kind of this taut like grimace unhappy frowny thing and then whenever Jimmy's around she maybe it's not exactly a smile but it's you know it's a little bit a little turn up of the lip a little happier she, absolutely and I also think we should note that Elsa had pointed out earlier that they share one set of reproductive organs and so right. They're, they're virgins, and if one is having sex, the other one's having sex. Yeah. Which, and... I, obviously, we're going to see that coming up. I mean... Oh, yeah. Oh, Ryan, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I would gonna bet happen. everything. Yeah, I'd bet the house on it. Do you do you remember when they when Elsa, or when Bet and Dot were talking about um, how sometimes Betty will try to touch herself, and Dot will get really mad? And like, yeah. like she doesn't feel anything. <laughs> yeah. That was really... I think we'll we'll continue to see interesting stuff about like the, what the dynamic would be if their people were conjoined, which I think is really right. entertaining. Um, so and, yeah, that relationship is going to continue to develop, and I think you know it's interesting when they pair new relationships in different episodes. So I'm glad that we're not seeing at least right now, and um, you know Jimmy with Emma Roberts' character, or right. you know we'll see new different relationships. Uh, this is also when we get introduced to Ethel, Kathy Bates, the right. bearded lady, who Dot and Betty are not particularly fond of. And um, we see a little bit of backstory about how Ethel um, was in a, you know, pulled out of her drunken stupor, basically. Um, and we see a flashback where this blonde goddess of a German, who is Elsa, uh, kind of picks her up from some like it was like a jail or something like that, it basically like the bails, her, bails her out or something. Yeah, right. Um, first of all, I want to point out that if, I'm, you know, we'll learn more about Ethel's character as it goes on, but she could just shave and be a normal person if that's what was <laughs> driving her to drink in the first place. True. Um, so I'm interested to hear more about, like, why she embraces her, her beard. Or maybe it grows back so fast, like, she cuts it and it grows back immediately or something. Right, right. Um, her accent, too, is... That's what I was going to ask you about. <laughs> what accent is that? What? I, where's she from? I think it's Canadian. I only say that because she sounds like Sandra from uh, Property Virgins on on HGTV. (laughs) And she has the long O's. So I think she's Canadian, but I might be wrong. I don't know. It's hard. I'm not really good at placing it. What did you think it was? I I was I was thinking maybe like Minnesota or something. So Canada, 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 Canada would make sense. Yeah. Um, I have to say that I think that right, so far for me, Ethel might be the weakest character. I'm not a huge fan of the accent. I like. It seems I so randomly chosen, but I mean, Kathy Bates is selling it. She'll sell whatever she does. I mean, hell, she won an Emmy last season for her Madame Lalaurie, so you got to give her credit that she'll make the character more interesting as it yeah. goes on. But, um, yeah, I even typed, what the hell kind of accent does Ethel have? <laughs> um, in the meantime, you know, the circus is starting to hang banners advertising Betty and Dot because they're their big new um, Which seems attraction. so stupid. Like, here's the escaped, you know, convicts. Or not, they're not convicts, but... Well, well I think someone even says... 
you know, someone even says that to Elsa, and she says yeah. she, she's not worried at all. Like, She'll whatever. take on the police if they come out there. Yeah. And at this point is when we see Pepper for the first time. Yeah. Pepper's painting her nails. Yeah, the return of Pepper. Um, and you know, with, Jimmy's out there hanging the banners with dinosaur arms and really tall white woman, and these kind of. Teenage kids come by and throw some beer bottles at him, basically, and call them yeah. freaks. And so this is the first time we see – clearly this is going to be an ongoing thing where Jimmy gets really upset when people call them freaks. He wants. He to definitely has an anger issue normal. with this, yeah. And this ends up kind of setting him off later. Um, and so we should take note of that even just for later this episode. Now I want to talk about the scene in uh, the big top tent right before the show is about to begin where the nurse that we had seen, who Elsa had given the – Cabinet of Curiosities card at the beginning. Right. Um, or she's a candy striper, not a nurse. Oh, I mean, yeah. Okay. She's like a volunteer. Yeah. Right. So she comes in yelling at Elsa, basically, um, saying that she was drugged and ravaged. Um, now, know. this scene was all kind of weird to me, and I want to help you. I want you to help me interpret something. I want you to help me interpret, because I was kind of confused, too, but go ahead. So, and Elsa was like, no, this was all... Uh, you condoned all this, and we see her play this videotape, which is essentially like a weird freak orgy in which it looks like maybe she's smoking like opium or something like that, yeah. but then like, you know, Pepper is involved, and Jimmy's involved, and the tall lady and dinosaur arms guy are all involved, and there's like, I think the tiny lady might even be in there too. And it's like a weird freak orgy that for some reason they videotaped. Yeah. I mean, help me with this. Like, that's why did they do this? Is, is Elsa trying to exploit this young girl somehow? What I, exactly is the deal? I guess she's trying to trap her there. Or, like, I, I really don't know. Because, again, I, I, so I'm watching this on my iPhone. And <laughs> it was really small. So I was, like, squinting at it, trying to make out what was happening in this video. And it, like, there's looks like there's... A few BJ's happening and some actual sex and I, I and I was trying to make out who's who in there and and it, the whole time the only thing I could really make out was um, our our candy striper girl who's just kind of chilling there smoking uh, opium um, looking happy and, Jim, and Jimmy's definitely in there too yeah um, yeah you're you're right it's I mean it's not entirely clear and maybe maybe she ends up maybe she, you know Elsa's doing this to blackmail somebody and we'll learn more about it right later um, so her intentions in the show yeah her intentions aren't completely clear with what exactly she's doing but essentially she's blackmailing the girl now to not go say anything to anybody because the girl was gonna go run to the cops or whatever and obviously this is a very damning embarrassing video for her especially in the 50s when obviously I and I'm, I'm gonna guess this is going to be a continuing theme where you know, Women are not necessarily allowed to um, express their sexuality, which is right. what explains Jimmy in that in the house with all those women, and, and maybe this a little bit. Um, so that was yeah, that was very weird. And Elsa gives a speech about her, you know, how uh, these her freaks are beautiful heroic monsters who are forced to like live in a yeah, difficult and world, the, and, and then that girl's the real monster, and the people outside are monsters, right. So maybe this was all just a setup so that way Elsa could give that speech. Um, and that's when we see Pepper and the tiny woman come in to tell Elsa that there is a sold-out crowd at the show. So all we're right. thinking, like, ooh, the big top's going to be full. Her plan is working. Uh, Betty and Dot are bringing people in. Um, and so they're kind of getting – everyone's getting ready for the show. We see Elsa, you know, putting on her show makeup. Um, Ethel and Jimmy are in their trailer, and that's when we kind of – you know, it's made clear that they're – father or sorry daughter and uh, mother and son yeah um and they're kind of talking they're going through the the uh 
fingering earnings. Um, <laughs> Eighteen dollars, and that's where they kind of argue about whether or not um, Jimmy wants to leave, basically, and you know start a new life where they can be more normal. And Ethel feels this dedication to Elsa and wants to stay. And basically tells Jimmy there is no normal for us, which I think obviously this is going to be a very blatant theme that like, you know, people being considered monsters, outsiders, um, that kind of thing. Uh, Also, before the show begins, we see uh, Jimmy spots a detective in Beth and Dot's tent Mm -hmm. who has snuck in and basically has found them and is there to arrest them for the murder of not only their mother, but he also suspects them of the murder of all the people Twisty killed. And... So it sounds like Twisty must not have been on this killing rampage prior to the arrival of the freak show. I guess so, yeah. Because if yeah, if it's timed up with uh, with the mother's death, then yeah. So something essentially has set him off, right? Um, and maybe that's just the freak show being in town, I guess. Um, but he, you know, said, you know, Jimmy says, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't do these murders, and the freaks, and the detective says, well, you're their freaks. Who's going to believe them? I can pin it all on them. You guys are all freaks, and that's what sets Jimmy off. Um, Don't call us freaks. <laughs> just kind of cheesy. But then he ends up slitting the guy's throat. Also, I liked how he whistled and like his gang of freaks came in. Yeah. Um, to to intimidate, although the detective isn't all that intimidated. Yeah. Um, but Jim, Jimmy cuts his throat pretty quickly, and I think we can we kind of get the feeling that maybe this is not the first time Jimmy's killed somebody. Um, he's not particularly perturbed by it in any way. Right. He snaps pretty quickly. And, I mean, let's go ahead and say that after the show, they end up taking uh, the detective's body outside and, like, you know, Jimmy gives this whole speech about how they're not going to be put up with being treated crap, you know, like shit anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, you think they're going to bury him or set his body on fire or something like that? No. They nope. all pull out, like, like cleavers even, and even Betty and Dot, and... and just chop him to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> which was kind of, that scene was kind of, like, awesome, but also kind of effed yes. up. And Twisty's just kind of watching from yeah. far away. And you kind of got to be wondering yourself a little bit like, is Twisty like, thinking to himself like, hey, that's my thing. They're stealing like the st- yeah. stabbings or something like that. Right. Um, or like, maybe these are my people. You know, I fit exactly. in here. I stab people. So I'm curious to, to see what his interactions are going to be with the, with the, other... the freak show. Yeah, I agree. I I'm, 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 have no idea what's going through his head. No, not at all. Um, so that was weird. But then back at the, so back at the, um, the, the actual, the tent, uh, we find out that the sold out show is just two people. Our fan favorite, Francis Conroy, Woo-hoo. um, re- returns as a social, a very rich and wealthy woman, obviously. And her son, who's played by, um, his name, I think is Finn Whitrock. He's been on Newcomer. a few different things. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, waiting for the freak show to start. And obviously we get for the idea of right from the beginning that he is very spoiled. Mm-hmm. There's nobody else in the whole place. And he's like, I want your seat. And so she yeah. comes over and he takes her seat. He's like, oh, it's so warm. And she's like, yes, m- mama warmed it up for you. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> so there's going to be maybe a little bit of an Oedipal thing going on here, yeah. too. Um, and so they, the show begins. And we see kind of some of the different... Um, characters and some of these more more freaks in the show there appears to be a male pepper a male version of pepper yeah she has a uh which is interesting then we see tall lady and tiny lady together Mm -hmm. um and ethel's the announcer with her beard and they you know introduce betty and dot and then elsa enters and she comes out singing 
Life on Mars by David Bowie. Now, I'm not... I mean... I kind of was listening to the lyrics, but I'm not that big a David Bowie fan. I'm not particularly familiar with this song. Is there any no meaning I, you would extract out of it? Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at it because I haven't heard that song in a long time. But um, right, except I mean for, the initial her last name is Mars, isn't it? <laughs> is it Elsa Mars? Isn't it? You mean it might be? It might be. Um, and I think that it, we should also. Th- I mean, obviously. I would assume, and I think we kind of drew this, that it's about, you know, life on Mars is about a life where, like, alien life. And right. in a way, you know, that's what the freak show is, is, you know, all these foreign kind of alien creatures under one roof. Right. I mean, and they do live in Jupiter. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a good point, too. We see sword swallowers, contortionists behind her, and we continue to kind of see these more different different freaks. Um, and Elsa's wearing, you know, this was weird. And so... Did you catch this? They cut to, it looks like Elsa, or a different Elsa, watching the show from the back. Oh, I didn't notice that. She's done up in, like, Commedia dell'arte, like, black and white makeup. And she's, like, watching from the back of the room. Um, which, I, I mean, this definitely happened. And maybe I confused it and that was jumping to a different time. But the way it looked as if, like, Elsa was two places at once... And there was like a weird clown version of Elsa watching from the back of the room. And they only cut to her one time. Um, so I'd like to hear, you know, our, our listeners' theories and stuff on this. And please send them in. And if, and if anyone else caught that, I want to make sure it's not just me. Comment on our Facebook page and stuff like that. But I'm curious to see exactly what that was. Because that was very odd. And, and maybe, maybe it was just weird and we won't come back to it. Um, after the show, Francis Conroy's son wants to buy Betty and Dot. <laughs> as if they were a piece of meat um, but a very expensive piece of meat they're willing to pay ten dollars or $15,000 and uh, Betty and Dot say no we want to stay here and Elsa says uh, no they're going to make us a lot of money and this is their home now um, so F- Betty and Dot you know, are maybe deciding they want to fit in a little bit and they kind of like where they are at and then Frances Conroy insults Elsa's pathetic singing before they head back to the house so she can get a bath um yeah. And this, like, I, completely destroys Elsa. Elsa. Um, you know, she is back in her tent smoking opium or hashish or whatever that is out of that long pipe when Ethel brings her dinner. And Elsa confesses that she brought Betty and Dot to the show so that people would come to see her. her. It was a selfish thing. She wants to still be discovered. She still thinks that she's a star that has been undiscovered. Yep. And Ethel, Ethel, looking like a lumberjack, <laughs> um, she's wearing like this plaid shirt and she has that big old beard and her hair is slicked back, um, comforts Elsa and tells her how she's got a gift and how she's going to be, she's still going to be a star and all this stuff. Basically, being her yes man. <laughs> and um, Ethel leaves and Elsa puts on a, a record. And, you know, we kind of notice she's wearing such heavy makeup at this point. She's almost painted like a clown herself. Yes. And we see her kind of ceremoniously remove her tights and then remove her legs. So she has had her legs amputated, it looks like, which I guess mm-hmm. is supposed to be her kind of surprise freak, freakish element because we haven't seen this. Um, right. This was not something we knew going into tonight that she was going right. to have no legs. We assume she was um, kind of put together, you know, completely. Which, I think it'll be a story about how she lost her legs, I'm sure. Right. Which will be interesting. And also, um, what balance she has for... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's great. On those things. Um, So she seems to be quite mobile despite that. 
Um, and that's kind of where we end. It's like with this big reveal, which is the, the legs coming off. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what the reason for this is. I'm not sure if you have any any theories yet. Um, I think that you know we know that she's from Germany and probably came out of Germany during the war, World War II, or and immediately after. And so right. it'll be interesting to see if we see flashbacks of her in Nazi Germany, um, and if that has a, you know affected her lost legs. Right. I don't doubt it. Yeah. You can't not do that if she's from Germany. Yeah, I feel like there was a reason for that, right? Yeah. So I think we're going to get some of that. And obviously, I mean, Nazis are terrifying. We saw that with uh, the doctor from Asylum. What was his name again? Um, oh, the one played by... James Cromwell. James Cromwell, yeah. Uh, um, well, anyway, he was a very creepy Nazi doctor, obviously. And so, you know, we, we, they've done Nazis before, why not again? Do you think we'll have an Anne Frank episode again? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've had our... I don't know if we could do it in two Anne Frank episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, one more thing I wanted to, that we, the scene that we didn't talk about, and this is just a very minor scene, but how chilling was this? When Twisty's just riding that merry-go-round by himself, like Ugh. in the dark. Oof. Yeah. Oh, I love it. The, I'm loving great. these Twisty scenes. I can't believe they're, they're, actually... it's... Oh, it's, go ahead. Uh, they're kind of creating like these creepy tableaus with, Twisty. They're just like these scenes that stick in your head as like almost like a, a frozen, scary image. Um, that I, I mean, that I love. They're almost like, if you think about them, they're, there's no audio. They're just like these, you know, on the merry-go-round or him doing the tricks or like walking out of the background. They could all be super creepy gifts, and I bet they will be oh, if they're not yeah, already. Oh, yeah, they will be. They already are probably. Yeah, so I think that, uh, I, I wonder if that's in their mind when they're like creating these scary moments or like mm. thinking of them in that way. Um, so overall, I mean, obviously, first episode, it was an hour and a half. There's a lot to cram in. Um, overall impressions, what are you excited for? What were you um, not as impressed with and are hoping is going to improve? I think some of the stuff I loved. So, so, so far, the dialogue that Jessica Lang is giving as her character Elsa has been pretty awesome. I, I'm thinking in the beginning when she says she calls the candy striper girl her little peppermint angel. <laughs> that was awesome. And also when that she leaves the diner and she's like, the waitress is like, so are you getting the tab? And she goes, oh, stars never pay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just perfect Jessica Lange. I love it. Um, so I like that. That being said, a lot, some of the stuff that isn't working completely for me yet, and we touched on this earlier, is the music's a little loud in scenes and it's hard to hear what uh, Elsa's saying with her accent. Um, and then also... I love the character, but the, 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 the world's smallest woman, I have trouble understanding what she's saying, even though I yeah. like her. I just I can't really make out what she's saying. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, th- those are just two of the smaller um, issues. But, the, but, but bigger wise, like the camera work is fantastic. I love the split screen stuff. That, that gets me really excited. And the music that they do use for scenes like that is pretty sweet. Um, I think the cast is great. I, I think they did a great job with that, and you know I'm, I'm excited to delve into a lot of these uh, monsters' stories, their background stories, uh, and the, and their acting is fantastic as well. Um, and then I think Twisty the Clown is a fantastic villain. He's he's creepy. Obviously, he's already freaked me out at night. Um, so I, I'm I'm pretty happy. And then as far as storyline and pacing goes, it's it was uh, it was 
it wasn't as fast as Coven, where it was like boom, 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 but it was more of a slow burn, like uh, Asylum could be. So I and I, I like that, at least for right now. I hope things move along quicker eventually, but for what it is right now, I think it's great. Um, I I don't know what are we gonna how are we gonna rank uh, what, what scale are we gonna give these? Sad clown faces. Sad clowns. Sad clowns. Okay, I I thought this was a great uh, premiere. Um, it was scary and had some good uh, has a good storyline, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So I would give this a four point five. I really liked it. Four point five. Scary or sad clowns. Very solid. Very solid. I agree with a lot of the points you made, especially with some of the volume issues. But that's just technical stuff that I hope sure. that they'll um, figure out, and you know, and will be better for the next episode. Um, I enjoy, definitely enjoy Twisty. He's my favorite part so far. He's a terrifying villain, and I love the scenes with him so far. That they've been so well directed and um, stuff like that. That he's awesome. Um, I am. I really like the Francis Conroy and her son uh, bits. Yeah, and I'm. I think that they were kind of fun. They were funny, and they kind of bring a bit of that humor from Coven into um, carry it over into this season. And so I, I'm excited to see where that continues to go. Um, I, I enjoyed those characters, and I definitely, I've, I mean, liking Elsa. Jessica Lang always does a fantastic job, and I'm liking Betty and Dot. And I think that the dual perspectives on that are really interesting. We'll continue to provide a really cool perspective on the show as we go forward. Agreed. Uh, parts I'm not quite sold on yet. Probably Ethel and Jimmy, um, mainly. Um, Jimmy is more interesting, I think, than Kyle, certainly. Was I, I was going to say the same thing, totally. He's already at least better than Kyle. So, so I appreciate that. and um, But it's actually more, I'm not so sure about the Ethel character. I think, I'm not quite sure what's going on in her head yet. And she seems kind Boring. of bland right now, um, unfilled in. So hopefully we'll get a little bit deeper into her. I mean, I trust Kathy Bates to do that, but I didn't feel... I mean, and there's only so much time in the premiere episode to get in deep into everybody. I'm guessing when um, um, her ex shows up with uh, Angela Bassett, and, that might amp it up. I think you're definitely right, and I'm excited to see what that dynamic's going to be like. Um, so on that note, What's I guess I would give it... I would give it a... I'm going to give it a four. I think I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things I liked, but I do think that there's things I want to see. Uh, I want to see where they go. Right. Um, right. And I agree. I think that it was in parts of it were more of a slow burn, like Asylum. But then the humor part was kind of like Kevin, which is kind of what we were hoping for. It was kind of like a yeah. uh, combination of what we've seen. And then we just and we got the, the the scares from uh, Twisty that we got in Murder House, and that that's been effective, and I like that, and I'm excited that that I I mean, I want some of that every episode because yeah. that's awesome and we thing. all know it's all going to get tied together because everything's going to be connected somehow, right? So solid eight and a half. I think that's a pretty good that's a great premiere score. Yeah. score. Eight and a half sad clowns. Um, let's talk. Take a moment uh, to talk about the preview for for what's coming up. A lot of exciting things. Um, we're going to see Dennis O'Hare and Emma Roberts, con men and woman, come into the right. fray pretty soon. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to portray fake freaks is kind of the feeling I yeah. got. Did you get that feeling too? Yeah, I think uh, Emma Roberts' character, she says she's a fortune teller. So. Okay. 
So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we also see detectives come looking for the dead detective. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kind of police coming back and forth is going to be something ongoing. Um, Frances Conroy gets Twisty to come see her son, which that, looked terrifying. That I am so excited like, for that. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. That was probably my uh, most anticipated scene coming up. Um, and then we also get to meet the strongman, who is Jimmy's father, and his wife, uh, tri-breasted Angela Bassett. Um, and also one thing I want to note is that we, we see kind of a... They give us quite a preview here of what's coming up in different in upcoming episodes. And we see Betty trying to sing. Remember, Betty's the one that wants the spotlight. She's a terrible singer. Right. They decide to let Dot sing. And Dot has and an amazing... Dot actually has an amazing voice. She's hella good, yeah. So you can't help but think that maybe after Francis Conroy's comment, um, Elsa's going to be jealous. And I'm sure Betty's going to be jealous too. So that'll yep. be really interesting. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I can't wait. That was, yeah, a lot of fun. I'm so excited it's back. Me too. Oh, Um, my God. We've been waiting for this for so long. (laughs) I know. It's been a long time, folks. Thanks for joining us again. And um, continue the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. You can also email us your questions and comments at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. We love to read through them and read them on our podcast. And um, check us out on iTunes. And we're also on Stitcher. um, This American Horror Story podcast. And, um... We love to get your feedback on there, too. Reviews and, and critiques and um, ratings. It's all good for us. We appreciate that. Chris, where can people find uh, more of your questions and comments and thoughts this week? Twitter and Instagram, at Chris Husted. What about you, Tyler? You can catch me at TJMoss11 Woo-hoo. on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody, and um, we look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye. Happy hauntings. <laughs> it's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on Sailors fighting in the dance hall Is there life on Mars?